Welcome to the House of Shame podcast. My name is Jamie and this is a place where we talk about sex, healing, awareness, mental health, and empowerment. I hope to give you the best baddie advice that a non-professional person can give you. I have to disclose that. I am not a professional on any of these topics whatsoever. I am a hairstylist from Edmonton, Alberta. Um, I am an underpaid therapist, in my opinion. <laughs> hairstylist is our is our industry joke that we're therapists because our clients come and disclose a whole bunch of shit to us, and we're like, "Oh yeah, girl." it's all good and then we give advice you know based off of what life experience i'm only 26 and some of my clients are in their 50s or some of my young clients that are in high school or um in their young 20s they're just like doing the same dumb shit that i did and i'm like you know what girl go off it's fine you'll learn you'll find your path and if you don't i mean life is really long life is so long so make all the mistakes you want because one day it's just going to end and then you're going to be like, well, what did I learn? <laughs> right? Like, what did I learn? I did all this stupid stuff and what did I learn? Hopefully a lot because that's the point of being a human being is trial and error and it's like a game. Like the game of life, the Monopoly game. No, it's not Monopoly. But Monopoly is really relevant right now. But anyway, the game of life, you know, they literally give you a random cards, some dice, and then you either have like a really shitty like life in the board game or you're a baller. And I feel like that's life. You just never know what you're going to get. Like what Forrest Gump would say, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Which is so true. But I think if you manifest and... um just chill and regroup and look at your mistakes and you're able to be self-aware and look and go to therapy and be a person you know what life can be pretty good if you just don't blame everybody else for your shit so yeah that's my little rant um i'm gonna tell you a little bit more about myself um i yeah like i just said i'm a hairstylist i'm 26 years old i live in edmonton um well, I don't live in Edmonton. I live in like the suburb of St. Albert, um, which is just outside of Edmonton, like 15 minutes, like they're basically connected. But what's fun about St. Albert is it's a bubble. So usually people that live here don't leave. So usually um, when you like get older and then people evolve and meet people and life, you find out that everyone has slept with everybody at one point or another and yeah so you know probably have slept with your husband ha just kidding i'm not a slut um i actually went through my little hoe phase not in saint albert i decided to take it upon myself to venture outside of my saint albert bubble and um visit a place called actually you know what i'm not even gonna name the place Sorry guys, you don't get to know because whatever. But I would go there with my friend from hair school and you know, I would just gallivant and be a hoe and then I'd come back and like no one knew. So I feel like that was good. It was definitely a great place to be in my um, 
stage of life of being 19 years old and 20 years old and being a garbage person and like doing garbage things to myself. But you know what? I'm old now. That's like seven years ago. Your girl is evolved. Still kind of a trash can, but that's okay. I'm not mad about it. I'll probably be like a partial trash can for the rest of my life. Okay, so there's like dumpsters full of garbage. And then there's like the plastic garbages that go underneath your sink. And they're like small and they're underneath the sink. So they're like hidden away. I feel like that's what I am. But one day I'm going to evolve into like a stainless steel garbage can from like a really expensive furniture store. And like that'll be the one that's like on display in your kitchen. And when all your friends come over in your new house, they'll be like, whoa, I love this garbage can. It's like so deep and like shiny and like it's pretty advanced. That'll be me one day. That's what I think. I can't believe I'm comparing myself to a garbage can that I actually own. It's in my kitchen, but I feel like it's still nicer than me. So I'm not going to like look at it and strive yet. And like my bathroom garbage can, small, full of crap. And yeah, that's totally fine. Um, I am in a committed relationship. That's pretty cool. Um, he is very supportive of this, um, journey with the sex talk, the mental health, my healing, this boy, man, I'm not calling him a boy. This man has literally been there through the hardest times of my life over the past, like two and a half years. He watched me like at the beginning of our relationship, I was like just becoming this bad bitch. And then I had like a mental breakdown and my anxiety like got the best of me. And I like went into like the, I don't want to call it depression because I'm, I don't have depression, but whatever sad state that you're in for like months, maybe it was a depression, like a, a phase of, oh, there needs to be a word for that. I am going to look up a word, but I was in this phase of sadness for quite some time where I would like, I was like sore and I wasn't ever getting out of bed. And I was like, oh, this was like at the beginning of our relationship. And then somehow like I just got up and I feel like it was him because he honestly is like one of the most motivating, positive people I've ever met in my life. We've definitely had our rough patches and, um, you know, I've talked about it publicly before, about our relationship and when I'm not like exactly the happiest with him, but everyone has their shit. But yeah, he is awesome. We love each other. I'm going to say his name. His name is Logan. He will probably be a guest on the podcast at some point because he used to be the biggest douchebag. And I can say that because he has admitted it to himself that he used to be a huge player a big douchebag and he has some advice for the men out there and perspective for the women to protect you from the the trash can men so that's a great thing um fun fact a month ago i started an only fans that's really fun. Um, what's awesome about that is that my relationship is so secure is my man helps me manage it. 
So what's really funny is sometimes that he'll go on there and he'll message the guys back and he'll kind of flirt with them as I would flirt with them, you know? So I think that's pretty cute that um, he's helping me make money. So I wasn't going to continue with it because I was like, oh, what if this affects my life in the future? But I do post pretty tasteful things. I'm not out there like showing my pee. I mean pussy. Um... (laughs) out there so yeah you know it's pretty tasteful it's good um he is involved with some things so ladies if you're interested in seeing my boyfriend's butthole you can definitely look at it if you go on our OnlyFans. just kidding that's a little explicit it's not his butthole but he does show his butt on there and he does have a pretty plump butt He like started working it out just as the gyms opened up because of this quarantine crap being closed and like only being allowed to stay inside your house. So he went to the gym and he went hard. So he's basically Kim Kardashian, but a boy. And um, I'm not mad about it. It's really squishy. It has a great shape, like a man with an ass. Like, you know, when, yeah, like, I don't know. We're a little bisexual over here. Um, more my more vibe curious, but I can appreciate a really hot girl. So when you're like your head turns and you see like a girl's ass and you're just like, mm, damn, that's how I feel about Logan's butt because it just like pops up. It's like a bubble butt. It's it's great. Weird fun fact, but kind of embarrassing. Logan can twerk. I cannot. Well, I can, but it's not good. He can actually do it, and it's pretty embarrassing for me. <laughs> not Maybe for him, I don't know, but it's embarrassing for me because I can't fucking do it. But yeah, so um, without further ado, I'm going to address the episode that we're doing today. Um, we're going to be talking about red flags, and I want to talk about red flags because I feel like throughout my um, Instagram reel feed and my TikTok feed and everything that has been popping up on my Facebook and ads, it's been about red flags, relationships, friendships, when things are over, things you should be learning in your 20s. And I'm just like, oh, like, what am I going to do my first episode on? And like the past like week and a half, all this stuff has been popping up, like toxic people and literally red flags. So I'm like, why not do an episode on red flags? We all notice them. We all ignore them. And we all wonder why we're heartbroken all the time. So this is this podcast episode is basically just a reminder of all the red flags that y'all already know that y'all already ignore. But maybe if you listen to it, you'll be like, okay, I'm going to remember this. And then like, get hurt, get hurt, get hurt. And then you're going to think back in five years being like, wow, that podcast episode that I listened to red flags relevant. I'm going to practice these things now. You know, it's, it's like you hear something and you're not going to practice it right away because you're just like, Oh, that's stupid. I don't need to do that. But then you're like, "Mm," you know, it's like when your parents tell you something and you're just like, yeah, whatever, mom and dad. And then you hear literally the same advice from your best friend or your best friend's parents. And you're like, wow, that just makes so much sense. I'm going to listen to them. 
And then you tell your mom and dad about like your revelation. And then they're like, oh my God, I literally said this to you like last week. Or I said this to you a year ago. Or girl, what? I am a walking red flag in my opinion. Or when I was doing like more research on this episode, I (laughs) went into depth in myself and like reflected inward and was like, I display a lot of these red flags or have a lot in my past and then kind of like looked into my life like presently and I'm like, maybe I am a red flag. And you know what? That's okay. It's all about recognizing, being self-aware and learning from your mistakes. So that's my little red flag introduction. Let's dive into the episode. So the first one that I want to talk about that I think is so important and kind of like want to stress because the world is so online right now. Like even even before quarantine, like dating apps have been just on fire and you have like these text relationships with people like on the app, like via Snapchat, like Tinder, Hinge, blah, 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 or over text and like these guys or these girls are in your dms and they're just like saying all this amazing stuff to you and then like they're amazing like on paper and then you like hang out with them and it's like okay but then like you go back into like your text relationship and then you're like oh my god like i love this this is great and then you go hang out with them again and then you're like ooh, why You know, so I don't know what red flag that is, but like if they can't, if they display like some type of behavior, like not in person and a a different type of behavior, like over like text message, you know, they're probably like struggling with their like authenticity and um, themselves if they can't or, or they're like using their phone as like a mask. I call them like Instagram personalities, like there's there's um you're super confident online and like super loud and like obnoxious and like a crazy spirit and then in person you're just like this super introvert like "Mm, i'm sad person but then online it's like oh my god i'm super cool so yeah not i don't want to call it catfishing because it's not but whatever name you guys want to give that false personality that's a red flag. Another one that I think is super important is called love bombing. You may have heard this term before, but I'm going to read you the definition of love bombing. So love bombing is an attempt to influence a person by giving them a lot of attention and affection, and it's considered a cycle of abuse. So what do you mean like a cycle of abuse? They're just like giving you all this love. Well, they're giving you like all of this love in the beginning and then it slowly like fades away and then they start kind of treating you like shit and then you're like, you're just chasing the high. You're like, why doesn't he like give me presents anymore? Why doesn't he touch me in public anymore? Why doesn't he want to like kiss me all the time? Where is our love? You know, and then you're like constantly like, working for it and like wanting reassurance and they're not giving it to you and then they're making you think that you're the problem but then yeah because you're you got trapped girl like love bomb and that stems i think from them like having some weird trauma 
where they feel like they need to trap a person and then be completely fake. So I guess that's kind of like the first one that I just said, but actually like in person, like they're giving you presents and they're um, taking you out on dates and telling you, oh my God, you're like the most amazing girl I've ever met. You're so hot. You're so this blah, blah, blah. And then like a month into the relationship or two months into the relationship or one year into the relationship, they're like, I, I, where, where did it go? where's the stuff and then you're like chasing the high of like what it was like at the beginning of your relationship like that happens you know and like people change yes but like you should always feel validated by your partner you shouldn't constantly be searching for the oh like where is he like he used to do this and this and this and this for me and he used to make me feel this way and then now you're feeling like you're being manipulated or you're trapped in this like abusive cycle and then they'll give it to you again like so then you're like sad you're thinking of leaving and then they'll like love bomb you again like give you all these presents and shit for like a week and then and then it stops again (laughs) i just said again like 10 times but um you know what I mean? That's that's love bombing. And it's like a cycle of abuse. And it's like psychological too. You don't know what you're getting into when you're dating a love bomber. And But the signs are there when they come. Like love bombing is one of those things where you could kind of tell it's coming because you're like, this is too good to be true. Like, who is this person? Like, they're all over me. They love me. They're just so obsessed and like when someone's like overly obsessed with you in my opinion that's a red flag (laughs) um going back into uh, my list i have notes here because i'm scatterbrained and i need to keep things organized um but they're constantly talking shit about their ex or constantly talking shit about people um we've all been there when we're like oh my ex is trash my ex did this blah 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 but if like if it's like too much, like there's a point where you're like, "Mm, okay, because then when y'all break up, he's just going to do the same thing that he did to the other girls are like, oh, she was so crazy. She did this and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's like, okay, but like, what did you do? What did you do? I would love to know that. Are you the problem? Am I the problem? What is it? So if they're like talking ill of their ex, I mean, they could be like, oh yeah, like me and my ex broke up. She, you know, wasn't like the nicest person, but you know what? I wish her well. But if they're like, yeah, me and my ex broke up. She's so toxic. She's so crazy. Like, I hope that bitch dies. And you know, that's a little extreme. You shouldn't wish anyone dies. And if you do... Like, you might have some psychological problems. But, yeah. They, and if they talk bad about people, too, like, that's just, like, not cool. Like, what if you have, a, like, your friend group, you know? And, like, maybe your friend group is a little questionable. And then your boyfriend is, like, or your boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever. And they're, like, oh, yeah, but, like, did you see what they did? Or, like, just pointing out, like, negative things about your friends. And then it's, like... Do you point out negative things about me when I'm not around to your friends? Who knows? It's one of those things. You just shouldn't talk bad about people. And if they constantly do it, girl, when you break up, you're going to be the the joke. You're going to be the 
there's a there's a saying there. Can't find it, can't hit it, but you know, the joke's on you because you stayed because any talk shit about his ex and then you're like, Oh and then and then you go back in life when you guys break up and then they're like, Oh, but so and so said this about you, like is it true? And then you're just like, Fuck no. That wasn't me. He's crazy. And then you're talking shit about him. It's a cycle. You just shouldn't talk shit about each other. That's not fun. That's not nice. Good people don't do that. Going into our next red flag, um, being late. So this kind of would be something at the beginning of the relationship between like one and four dates. If they're late on the first date with no explanation, I think that's kind of a red flag because it just shows that they don't like respect your time. But if they give you an explanation, hey, like I'm just like running five minutes late, blah, 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 then I think that could be justified. But then if you have a second date and they're late again and they're like 10 minutes late and they have like the same excuse like over and over again, I personally think that's just disrespectful of your time. So to correct this behavior, you could be like, hey, I just don't appreciate um, you being late. Like, it makes me feel unimportant when you don't respect my time or something like that. Like, that might be a little bit too blunt, especially if you're just, like, meeting the person. But also, like, you want to be assertive when you're making plans because you have to respect yourself and they should respect you and your time. And if this is a relationship that actually means something or can flourish into something like respect each other and if being late is like a firm like boundary or like a huge turnoff for you and you're just gonna keep like letting it go letting it go and you don't say anything this person is just gonna keep being late and then when you finally say something on like your 30th date you're three months in they're like oh this wasn't a problem before like I've always been late and you're like no it's been a problem the whole time I just didn't say anything I think that's where we get into a lot of trouble, like where we don't like say anything at the beginning because you don't want to like scare them away or like make like have them think that that you're rude. But really, you're just like being assertive and like respecting like your boundary when it comes to exactly that. Just don't be late, and if that exactly like if that's something that's important for you, like be 15 minutes early. I love a person that's 15 minutes early. I'm notoriously late for everything. So usually when I'm planning a date, I will tell them at the beginning, hey, I'm probably going to be late or give me a meeting time like a half an hour before. So if I actually show up a half an hour before, it's like, wow, gold star, get it girl. Or I'll be perfectly on time. You could trick people. What I have, um, just this is like irrelevant, but it's kind of like the same thing. I have clients um, as being a hairstylist and I have clients that I know are notoriously late every single time for their appointment, whether it's five minutes late or 15 minutes late. I usually draw the line at like 15 minutes and it doesn't matter how many times I tell them, Hey, like you need to be on time. I tell them their appointment time. Hey, your appointment time is at four 30. I have them booked in for five. I the, like a half an hour time period where they have a grace period and if they show up right at 4 30 and I'm still doing a client well you know what they're technically early 
on in in their eyes or like or they're there right on time and I'm behind so you know we have that kind of relationship I do um joke about it I'm like oh I'm just gonna book you in 30 minutes like um before so you actually show up on time to your appointment and you know what like they think it's funny whatever but if you can take that information and apply it to a dating scenario and tell your partner a certain time oh come pick me up at seven and then they show up at 7.30, but in your head you're like, I know it's going to be 7.30, then you have an extra half an hour to get ready. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. But really communicate if late and like being timely or on a schedule is important to you because there's nothing worse than feeling like disrespected of your time. The next one is a big one for me because this is a red flag, I think, in friendships and in relationships and even in like family situations. So be wary of this one. Um, they complain all the time and don't take action to change what they're complaining about. And I feel with like the age of social media and like, I don't know, everyone likes to play the victim and oh, poor me, poor me, but you're the only person that can change your own reality and if you're going to keep complaining, complaining, complaining about something or multiple things, people get tired of it. Like, I'm not here trying to fix you. You are your own person, so fix your stuff. Like if you're a person going on a date and you're like secure, happy, like you got a, you got shit going on for you, go get it girl. That's amazing. But then if this man child is like complaining about his job or complaining about his friends or complaining about his family, he's probably complaining about you too. And that's just like the harsh reality of the situation, I guess. But at the same time, you don't want to have somebody who's constantly complaining that's not taking action to like fix what they're complaining about. If you don't like your job, go get a new one or find a passion or a side hobby that can make you money and do something. I know people don't have that type of drive, but would you, are you going to complain and, t and annoy people or are you going to complain and then be like, wow, I'm really annoyed at myself for complaining. So I'm going to change it, you know? And I say this too, um, like talking to myself and like talking to you guys, like if you guys are people that complain all the time, cause I definitely know that I have complaining tendencies and then I'm like, I get annoyed at myself for being like, okay, like, why the fuck are you complaining? So then I'll either just like stop and like ignore what I'm complaining about and be like, okay, it's not that bad. Or I'll go like balls to the wall and fix it. Or I just like, this isn't a problem anymore. So complaining is a red flag in my opinion. And everyone does it and it's okay to complain. I'm not saying don't complain about stuff. People got to vent. But if it's like a constant reoccurring thing that's in conversation and they just have like a rain cloud basically like on top of them and nothing is right, that's probably like a sign that they are just negative people and their stuff like manifests inside and their, it comes out negative and projects it onto you by complaining. Like when someone complains to you, it doesn't feel good. Even if it's like not about you or like not about anything related to you at all, you're still involved in that situation and you're still listening to this person complain and like taint your energy. So, I mean, that's a red flag to me. This one for me is huge. Someone who is on their phone all the time. 
I can't. I can't. Like they're on their phone constantly on your date. And it's like, what are you looking at? Get off your phone. I'm right here. Like what's so interesting? Phones are really addictive. I have this one friend and he or she is constantly on his phone, literally looking at nothing, just like swiping. And it has become like almost like a behavioral thing, kind of like smoking when you're, when you smoke and you have that like motion, it's like the phone for him or her is the, the swiping and like I'm not saying like swiping on apps just like swiping in general scrolling whatever like looking at things that are relevant or even looking at anything at all like how does that like fuel your brain like how many times a day do you need to pull out your phone and look at the time like only 30 seconds has passed bro (laughs) come on and also this really pisses me off too because like if they're on their phone all the time and then you and you know that they're on their phone all the time and they don't reply to your text messages what is like bro take tiktok down stop looking at instagram reply to my text or reply to my text 2 hours later and be like hey sorry like i got distracted on my phone like, but you want, do you want to be with someone who's like constantly distracted by their phone? Like something that is really like a useless thing. Like people who are on their phone because they work on their phone or that's a little bit of a different story. But then that's up to them to create that um, healthy boundary for themselves and be like work time, date time, you time, this, blah, blah, blah. Like... I'm honestly really bad for this and this is a habit that I um, have been trying to get back at or get better at. Um, you know how Apple tells you like, oh, your phone percentage, like time you spent this much, an average per day on your phone. So usually like my average per day on my phone is like five hours, which is a lot. And lately I've been in like the three to four hour range. So even though that is only like one to two hours difference, it's still a huge improvement for the amount of of time that I spend on my phone so um that's really good but yeah some people spend all day on their phone or they just like open it up and then you, you're like hey like and you can't even text me back or you can't even re- reply or make plans with me like what's so interesting about your phone sir hello and then when you're on a date and you're like trying to have a good conversation get to know them as as people in an intimate setting and then they just pull out their phone in the middle of like talking it's like okay like I should just get up and leave now I should I should just go because clearly I'm not very interesting and whatever's on your phone is a lot more interesting than me that bothers me so much and it should bother you to the core like there's nothing more um unattractive than being picked second to a fucking phone no i'm just thinking about it and uh yeah i feel really bad for logan sometimes too because there'll be like times where like i'm actually working and he's not like he is a construction guy and he doesn't use his phone for work and all um three I guess of my professional settings I consider this podcast somewhat of a professional setting I'm on my phone because I have to talk to my clients with um, my hairstyling I also do another job which I'm not going to mention on here because it's 
it's um I just don't want like that to affect my professional life I guess but um yeah I'm on my phone for that constantly and then for this like making Instagram posts TikToks reels like it's a time and then interacting like you're trying to build something it's exhausting doing it by yourself and I do it on three um like they're not like big social media accounts like I'm not fucking Instagram famous or anything but like somewhat of a decent following for an average human and it's yeah it's a lot talking to people so being on your phone is one of those things where you're like okay like I need to like make time for myself right and then but if you're on a date and you have this concept or this um idea that you're like hey I'm on this date I'm making time for myself I'm making time for this person and this person if you're on a first date second date third date they're they're really a stranger to you and if you have enough respect for them to just give them the time that they deserve and then they're just pulling out their phone because they're fucking bored or that's like their I I don't know their thing that they do is they're just on their phone all the time it's like okay you clearly don't respect my time or think that I'm an interesting person so I, I don't even know how you would bring that up on a first date or like do you set rules for the first date or set intentions because you don't want to come off like kind of bitchy but at the same time I don't know but if the first date was really that good would he be on his phone Like, I don't want you thinking that you're boring if he's on his phone on the first date, but like, you you know what I mean? Like, you could be like, hey, like, is there something bothering you about this date? Or how, I I just appreciate like not being on phones. Or you could like mention that, hey, like, let's put our phone down. Or you could make a game. This is fun. Whoever touches their phone first has to pay the bill. That's a smart game. So then you actually are forced to like talk to one another. And uh, well, I would hope that you're not feeling forced to talk to someone you're on a date with. (laughs) But I'm assuming in um, new dating situations, that is a thing. So maybe make that a game or just be honest being like, hey, like being on your phone is just like a huge turnoff for me. It's just not my thing. The next one that I kind of want to talk about is behavioral problems. And when I say behavioral problems, I mean like drinking or drugs and whatever. Like if that's your thing, go off. I'm not going to sit here and judge, but like on a first date, second date, getting to know a person, like a two drink maximum, I think is good. It's good enough to have like a light buzz you're chilling, whatever. But then if you like have more or if this person continues to drink more and more and you're like, the first date, fine, whatever. You're like, that's fine. Second date and you like notice that this is a thing that they constantly like are drinking or they are dabbling in a in some things that you're not really like down for. You know, if, if you're seriously like looking into that or if like, that's just something that you don't do and you're noticing that this person does, honestly, don't waste your time trying to save this person because if you're like a, a person that doesn't do that stuff or that a person that doesn't place like social drinking on like a high priority, then this person probably isn't for you. Um, there's nothing wrong with like social drinking or um, socially doing drugs, I guess, but 
there there comes a point where like it taints someone's personality and then they're you get to know them if you stick around a little bit more you get to know them and then they're like not themselves without it um I found myself in a situation um a few years ago with my ex-boyfriend um I'm I will probably do an episode about him in the future uh, it's a really like hard topic for me to talk about there was just like a lot of trauma that happened in the past like six months so anyway I will never speak ill of him but he did have um, a behavioral problem some may call it a drug addiction I call it an unhealthy coping mechanism and he at one point told me that I feel like I have to do this stuff because it makes me feel like myself and at this point in our relationship I had been dating him for nearly two years and I was like but you're not yourself like you this person right here that's doing all of this isn't the person that I fell in love with isn't the person that I have fun with it was like under the influence of drugs and alcohol we would constantly fight all the time and at that point like I was dabbling a little bit into it as well but I'm gonna justify my behavior because I know that I didn't have an addictive personality so for me it was just me being 21 and reckless but for him it grew into something bigger than that so I felt like I was enabling him at points because I was doing the same things with him, but not to the excess. So I have a really hard time with people that have um, behavioral and uh, behavioral problems with drugs and alcohol. And it's not because like I'm judging them; it's because I'm genuinely worried and scared for them and what it can do to their future. And if you are a person that like has had a relationship with um, I don't want to call them an addict in the past. It's one of those things where you want to like proceed with caution if you were with someone in the past and now you're with a new partner and they're displaying um, similar behavior. It's like, okay, they're a good person. They have these problems. But it's like, do I want to deal with that again? And it comes to a point where you're like, am I being selfish for choosing myself over like potentially helping somebody? But at the end of the day, you can't help somebody that doesn't want to help themselves. And it could be like they're functioning and, you know, living their best life. And then that's what they do on the weekends. Oh my God, I have a little dog named Lenny. He's right here crying. He just wants to be pet. Sorry. But... Um, yeah, as I was saying, it could be one of those things where um, they're they're functioning human beings, Lenny, but they can't, um, you know, they have they have some bad habits that they need to break out, and no one should have to go through that. And it's hard on the person with the behavioral problem, and it's also hard on the person in that relationship. So if you're like newly dating and this is like a thing that you're noticing, or like you're on a couple of dates and you're like, oh, this person does this a lot, I don't really like it. There's no harm in being like, okay, peace, bye. Like, it's just not my thing. I don't, it doesn't go sit well with me. Or if you're like, 
you know, it's a new developed thing in the relationship. Like, I don't think there's any harm in like walking away when you're young and wanting to choose yourself. Um, in my, um, past relationship with my ex, um, I'm still dealing with the, I wish I could have done more, um, and, uh, been there more, but at the same time, like, I don't think I could have, like, I literally like put a lot of like my mental health at like risk with him. And even when we broke up, I put my own relationship that I'm in now with Logan, like in jeopardy to like be there for him and save him because we did end on, um, an amicable, we had like a really nice breakup. It was fine. We stayed friends. I would consider him one of my best friends, but there were points in my relationship now where I would like run to his rescue because I just like felt like I needed to do more. And it's a, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty dramatic. It's a, it's a lot to deal with. And it's, it's a, one of like those heavier red flags where you're like, oh, okay, what do I do? Cause no one wants to be that person. That's like, Katie's by it. But at the same time, like when you protect yourself and your energy, it's, you know, not the worst thing to walk away from a situation like that. So I'm going to um, leave that one because that one's a little bit of a heavier topic and we're just going to move on to um, something else. Um, someone that comments the price on everything, whether it's the price of like, oh my God, this meal is so expensive or they're showing off like what they have in their bank account. Um, personally, I think that's like a huge turnoff. Like maybe not like so much a red flag as much as it is like a turnoff. Like, you know, if you're complaining about like the price of dinner and is that like a sign that you like want me to pay? Um, not that like I'm expected for you to pay for me on the first date. I always offer um, to split the bill or like I'll go to pull out my wallet to pay, but I think it's a gentlemanly thing and it's an old fashioned thing for the guy to pay for your date. And if he's like, Oh my God, like dinner was so expensive. Like don't say that. I don't, I don't know. Even if it was like, keep that to yourself and then maybe we'll pick a cheaper restaurant. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Or someone that like flexes their, their cash flow. I think that's kind of douchey. At one point in my life, I was like, that's so hot, <laughs> you know, dating drug dealers and stuff. And then they have like fat stacks of cash and growing up in my like later twenties now, I'm like, mm, ew, put that away. Can't you be humble? Being humble's cute. We love it. We love a good humble boy. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Don't complain about the price or have to comment on the price of everything. I don't care how much your car costs, you know, like <laughs> whatever. Like, can you make a payment? Can you pay a bill? Like, that's all I care about. Like having, um, good finances is definitely a plus. If you're a broke ass bitch, don't come knocking on my door because I'm not paying for you, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know their circumstances, but I think like at the beginning stages of a relationship, you're complaining about money or you're like, or money, it becomes a topic like right away in the relationship. I think that's a red flag. I think like money talk come, should become later in the relationship, like not too much later, like not like years later, but I think in the like first like three months that's a thing and not on the first like three dates you know but um 
yeah, that's all I have to say about that. We like being humble. Um, another one is um, your sex drive. Um, sex is super important in a relationship. So if their sex drive is like a lot lower than yours, maybe, and, and then, so like you have a low sex drive that's fine. You may, you show love in other ways and maybe they show love in physical touch. We're going to talk about love languages one day, but, um, yeah, that could be a problem if it's higher or lower, they just don't like add up or match up. And it also depends on your schedules. If like you have, um, you know, you're, you're, you're a nighttime person or you work really late or you get up super early and have to go to bed early and then your timing doesn't like match up. So that kind of goes into, um, your sex drive could depend on like the schedules that you have. Like, I don't know if you're a person that like needs to, um, be shown love in physical touch and a sexual form and then your partner's sex drive is low, then you're constantly feeling like, am I not enough? Am I not attractive? Like, not that that is a thing, but you know what I, sorry, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm getting at? Like, it might not be the case. Like that probably isn't the case that you guys just have different like sex drives, but at the same time, you're like, well, why? Like, is he not attracted to me? Like, could I be doing this? Like, should I buy lingerie? Like, and it could just be that you guys have different, um, different sex drives and also different love languages. Your schedules are different. So that is like a form of communication that you need to like talk about. And if you're in a relationship, it shouldn't be a hard conversation um, to have, and you could plan like dates to work around that, um, struggle. But then if it becomes like more and more of a problem, then I would be like, okay, well maybe we should reconsider this relationship or I could, I need to go find somebody that is, you know, up to my sex drive level. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I just sounded so dumb saying that, but you know, you know what I mean? I'm trying to, um, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a sex therapist, but I feel like that's some good advice. Communication is key. And if you can't communicate like your, um, needs, I guess, or your lack of needs, maybe that's not the right person. You should feel comfortable talking about that stuff with your partner. Um, another, um, red flag is rushing into a relationship. If they're like calling you their girlfriend on the second or third or fourth date, run, run. That's a little weird. That's like possessive. I feel like people that do that in my personal experience at least have had, um, really possessive and jealous traits and they are very controlling and, um, yeah, I don't know. Like you might think it's funny. Oh, he's calling me his girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. But I think that's a red flag. It should be discussed. You're not property. You are not his if you don't want to be. So you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, it's 2021. Like who even has boyfriend and girlfriends anymore for real? It's like, we're all dating each other. Like polyamory is, is where it's at trying to get Logan on board with that, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's working. And you know what? I'm totally fine being monogamous, but now we're veering off topic. Um, yeah, like rushing into a relationship is like never good. 
I dropped something. Um, but um, when you rush into a relationship, it's like, why did that relationship end? And why are you rushing into a new one? I um, was watching a TikTok TikTok's amazing. I don't know who it was, but they said in the TikTok, um, the person to rush into the relationship first will never change. And the person that stays single and like on a good path does a lot of soul searching. So their next relationship like is better. So I think that that is really true because, um, I feel like people that rush into relationships are people that, maybe are in denial of a couple of things or they can't find love within themselves so they try to love other people and that's not the case for everybody some people just like to be in relationships and they feel comfortable in that space but I'm a huge advocate for being single for a really long time and like a really long time for you could be six months it could be like a year it could be two years it could be five years like whatever but I at least like take a couple of months time to like get to know yourself and you know like have a have a dry spell I honestly feel when people go through dry spells they change as a person um before I met Logan I um I don't want to call myself like a serial dater but I did go out on like a few dates with guys for about a year and a half um you know did the whole like text my ex thing and um you know, but went down that rabbit hole. And then, um, I had, um, just a couple like shitty experiences and dates and, and some guys that were fucking annoying. I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm just done. Like no one turned me off. No one made me angry. I didn't like, like it wasn't like that. I was like, wow, like this is what's out here. Like I would rather be by myself because no one can serve me the way I can. And I had like a four month dry spell, like where I didn't like hook up with anybody. And like, it was hard, but at the same time, it like didn't bother me that much. I love masturbating. So it made it um, easier because I was still like meeting my needs, but for myself. And that was like the first time in my life that I actually... Um, was able to like do that for myself and like not feel weird about it. Um, I had um, an ex that was like weird about like masturbation and it was like his mind was like oh like I'm not getting you off so you have to do it yourself and it's like no like masturbation is healthy you should do that for yourself. So going on like a dry spell is really nice and then you're taking the time to learn to love yourself and you're not rushing into a relationship with somebody because you want to get laid like no one can love yourself no one can love you better than you can and that is what I learned in like my single experience and being in this relationship with Logan now I'm in this relationship because I'm choosing to be and I want to be with him but I don't need to be with him which is the most empowering thing because there was like a phase in my life where I thought that I was like defined by who I was with or I was defined by my boyfriend and that's so fucked up to think and I think it like the shift in like women empowerment and like um being your own boss and like how society's going now like that's amazing and I'm just so grateful for that experience and it was and I will give a little bit of credit to my ex because he was the one that 
showed me that like we had um, a couple like a significant fight before we broke up even though we like remained friends afterwards he like really showed me like by treating me like garbage like what I was worth like because I was like no I do not deserve to be treated this way fuck you I'm better than that so that pushed me into learning how to love myself a little bit more and be the person I am today and like grow that like gave me the vision of like who I wanted to be and then it's just been like a constant like it's been work for the past four and a half years to like be that person but I finally feel like in my year and a half of being single and then I met Logan and then Logan never stunted my growth we have very separate lives within our relationship and he always supported everything that I did and even if I was being stupid or you know sassy or whatever he'd always stick by me so like I met Logan when I wasn't looking and I was single for a really long time so I didn't and like I don't know that was the that was the best I wasn't trying to force anything when you try to force and rush into a relationship like it's just like a recipe for disaster like you're not taking the time to get to know yourself and then but then you're taking the time to get to know another person that doesn't serve you so take that time and get to know yourself queen you're so worth it you're so worth it and I'm just gonna read off a couple more red flags that I wrote down I don't really like have any like comments about them or opinions which is surprising to me but I have it like maybe I'll say a little bit but um the next one that I want to say is that they have absolutely no work ethic or they're constantly like changing up jobs um you know work ethic is really nice you need money to live and if you're if whatever if you're a female and you're the breadwinner I think that's fucking sweet but a man should work for his shit too like you know that that's a thing and if that's a thing in your relationship where your partner or you're going on a couple of dates and you're like oh this guy doesn't have a job or he's constantly changing what he wants to do or blah 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 like you know if if you're if you place a high priority on like working and um you know like I don't want to say finances because that's not like the best thing and your worth isn't dependent on your work but like it's important it's important to have another one is um you constantly feel like you're walking on eggshells because of their attitude uh this one is in my relationship because logan i know feels like he walks on eggshells around me sometimes and i could because i have a little bit of a temper and it's not like it comes out all the time it's not like i'm a snap show all the time but i um my flaw in myself is i hold things in i hold it in hold it in hold it in and then i just explode (laughs) And then it's like the whole world is ending and it's wrong and no one can talk to me because I festered up these feelings and emotions for months or weeks or days. And then one little thing just like sets me off and then I blow up and then I feel like an asshole and then Logan feels bad and then he's constantly walking on eggshells. So that is like that's one thing that I'm like actively working on and um has been like a trend i guess in my relationships you know it's again like it's not all the time it's i've just i don't want to hurt someone's feelings but i i'm learning now in 
my relationship because Logan's just very like in tune with himself. He's like, I would rather you say something like when you're feeling it and hurt my feelings than like build it up for days and days and then it comes out in an explosive way he was like at least if you say something it comes out wrong then we could talk about it instead of like it's the end of the world like everything's on fire then tears and tears and swearing comes and it's just like not a fun time yeah so something I'm actively working on um but yeah you shouldn't feel like you're walking on eggshells around your partner I'm grateful for Logan every day for staying with me because there's some times where I'm like I would have broken up with me by now so you're the real MVP <laughs> he's a great man um another one is that they constantly hide their phone if they're hiding their phone like what are they hiding you know I'm not saying like I, you need to know their phone password and like you're like oh well let me see your phone that's toxic and that's a red flag on your part queen but if they're like you know like their phone's in their pocket or like the, a ding goes off and they don't check it if they're not checking it because they're they're respecting you but if it's like a random time like I always look at my phone like to check things if it dings and or they're it's like face down on the table and you know you're like oh well who's texting you or they're constantly ignoring phone calls like mm, he probably has a side hoe you know or like yo man cheating or you know what I mean like that's just like not cool you should not do that um and the last one that I'm going to say is they make comments to make you feel stupid on purpose and they all they do make uh, they also make comments to make you feel uncomfortable um, during, before, or after sex. So I don't know what like what that could be for you, but like it could be body shaming and um, make making you feel dumb. Like I I think just like insecurity of yours that they're like wanting to point out, and then they make you feel bad about it. So maybe not maybe dumb isn't the right word, but just like make you feel a certain way. There um. Yeah, like, I don't know. that I, This is one that I do want to comment on because I did have a man, um, you know, it was like a hookup, whatever. But he, like, made a comment about my body. And it was, like, at a point in my life where I wasn't as into fitness as I am now. And um, it was before I had my breast reduction surgery. And um, I just, like, wasn't feeling, like, super hot, you know? Like... I was also like in a really bad place like mentally and where I was trying to find love and attention was through sex and like sleeping with strangers and whatever because um, I didn't like love myself so then this man like made a comment about like I was a little pudgy you know and um, that just like made me feel like I was ugly and that like I yeah it just like made me feel really bad so I just like felt like shit and then I didn't sleep with him after that and it was a journey but yeah like that made me feel uncomfortable and it made me feel bad about myself so you know if someone is doing that to you like it is probably a sign that they're garbage <laughs> or they have in some insecurities that they need to work out on their own because that's not cool you don't comment on women's bodies. You don't comment on men's bodies. Like, you just 
shouldn't comment on it, you know? Unless you're a doctor and you're giving me health advice, don't fucking say anything. Unless it's a compliment. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. I think this is a good place to wrap up the um, I'm just going to ignore all the red flags episode. I named quite a few and talked on quite a few. So if you have red flags and you're like, you're listening to this episode and you're like, oh my God, like I do this, like good for you for recognizing and, um, recognizing it is the first step. Take accountability for yourself. That's awesome. Go you. I'm proud of you. And then, or if you're in your relationship and you're noticing that these red flags are a reoccurring thing, well, you know what? It's your choice. Stay or go. It's way easier said than done to um, leave a relationship. But you know what? In the end, if someone is making you feel bad about yourself, it's probably best that you just like walk away. And sometimes people don't deserve an explanation. It's it's sad and it sucks but like if if someone is constantly like making you feel bad sometimes just being like hey like this relationship like isn't working for me anymore thank you for your time i think we should go our separate ways that's that's hard to say but when you're not being served value and or positive value or it's just best to end it right there so um these can apply oh sorry i'm just making sounds um these are these red flags can apply in like newly dating scenarios and they could go on into serious relationship scenarios or yeah like marriage whatever or I, I don't know, like I, I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and that I gave somewhat good advice. Um, I, again, these are based off of like my personal experiences, um, some things that I found on the internet and um, I'm not a professional, so I'm just talking from my, yeah, just, just from my opinion. So, you know, if you have a, if you have an opinion, I'm open to hearing it. I love, um, like positive criticism and I love um new um ideas and different points of view so if you want to give me some positive feedback I would absolutely love that you could message the podcast on Instagram at house of shame house is spelt h-a-u-s if you, you know that because you're listening to it on Spotify so follow the house of shame on Instagram at house of shame there. You could email house of shame at gmail.com your feedback as well. And wherever you listen to your podcast, please rate this podcast five stars, follow it, share with your friends. I'm just so excited to, um, be doing this and I'm, I have some really cool things like in the works. I have a lot of guests coming on in the next couple of weeks, so it's going to be fun and a little bit hectic, but I'm pumped. So thank you so much for your continuous support. Thank you to all of those people who reached out to me in the past um, two weeks. Um, if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't, but that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much, you guys. I hope you have a wonderful day wherever you're listening from. Comment like... <laughs> Five stars, rate it five stars, baby. Instagram, House of Shame, Twitter, House of Shame. Email us at 
houseofshame at gmail.com. Thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing day. This is Jamie, your host talking, and I'm just going to end this because this is embarrassing now. (laughs) Bye.